World Podcast number 293 for Wednesday, March 21st, 2012. Hello again, everyone. Philip Michaels here for the Macworld Podcast. We've spent the past two podcasts talking everything we could talk about regarding Apple's iPad, that's not the only product that's come out this month. Apple also updated its Apple TV, and we thought we'd spend a little time going over the ins and outs of that new product. And I've got two gentlemen here who've spent some time with the Apple TV this past week. It also launched on Friday. You might have forgotten about that because of all the iPad mania. But uh, here they are, uh, senior editor Christopher Breen. Hello, Phil. Hello, Chris. And senior editor Dan Frakes. Hey, Phil. Now, Apple TV, it's really, um, in a sense, it's two product updates in one because you not only have the the new hardware that um, new new buyers can take advantage of, but there's also the software update, which is for, for all owners of, um, well, which model Apple TVs does this support, Dan? Uh, that would be the Apple TV 2 mm-hmm. and then the, the latest one that came out last week. Right. And um, for for those of us who haven't committed to memory all the changes in the new version of Apple TV software, what are walk us through some of the highlights. Well, the biggest difference is really just the interface, whereas the old Apple TV used to have a series of drop-down menus. So you use the little remote to go left or right to choose the menu and then up or down to pick something in the menu. Uh, Apple has done away with those text menus and, and changed to a to what looks in a lot of ways like an iOS home screen where it's got icons for every source. And so the uh, on the one hand, you have more things on the screen. Uh, I think by default in the U.S., you have 18 different items, you know, like movies, TV shows, Netflix, NBA, Major League Baseball, and so on. Uh, the the pl- the upside is that uh, it's a little easier to select them, and also you can see all the sources at once. So rather than have to remember if uh, you know iTunes Match was under computers or internet or or what have you, uh, you can now see all of the different uh, content sources in one screen, and then uh, making it easier to find them. So uh, we've heard some complaints from some readers, but I think overall it's a better approach. Um, I think the corollary there is that. It also leaves room for new things to be added later, which we hope to see. No, no. Uh, but but that's the big difference. Okay, Chris. Um, Dan says he likes it. Did you have any? Do you share that feeling about the interface changes? I think it's fine. Um, once you get down into the interface where you're not seeing the big buttons, then you right. you do start seeing menus. So it's really it's that first home screen where people are going to stumble, but it doesn't take more than about five or six minutes with the thing where you understand how it works. And then once you dig down, it looks very, very much like the previous interface. So I think that's sort of new stuff where people are used to doing it the old way and they, you know, naturally crap about it, but it's not going to take long to get used to the new way. Yeah. And and I will say that, yeah, Chris is right that when you can, once you get into a channel for lack of a better word, uh, the the menus are almost identical. Uh, The one thing I think, Apple misstepped on is that when you first turn on the Apple TV, instead of showing all those icons at once, so they're all right there, they put a bunch of, of you know movie posters or CD covers or whatever it happens to be selected across the top. So you actually only see the top row of those buttons and you have to press the down arrow once and then they all come into view. Um, for me, I mean, I realize that Apple's trying to promote, you know, the the content things up at the top, the the, the covers, but I think it would have been a lot easier to understand right off the bat if 
you just turned it on and there were all the content. Well, we, we know better than anyone the importance of having to move product, Dan. <laughs> you got you got to stoke that sales engine. Uh, any other changes in the Apple TV software uh, that we need to make people aware about? Well, uh, a couple of things that are interesting is now you can set up accounts for any of these content sources right on the Apple TV and use your Apple ID. So with the uh, previous software, 4.4.4 and, and prior, if you wanted to, say, set up Netflix, you had to go to your computer, set up an account, go back to the Apple TV, choose Netflix. It would then say, okay, go to the website and get this code and type this code in here. You know, it, it was just, it was inconvenient. Now you can actually, if you don't already have a Netflix account, you can just go into Netflix on the Apple TV and say, I'd like to start setting up an account. And then it will actually do that and let you use your Apple ID to pay for it. And so they've really streamlined the process of getting that content. And, and so now it feels sort of like a standalone device rather than um, an, an, uh, an accessory to your computer. So whenever a new software update comes out, um, I'm always very reluctant to upgrade. And in fact, the the Apple TV software update, I have still not downloaded it to my Apple TV. Um, Should I go ahead and uh, bite the bullet and do that? Would you recommend that? Well, the other, the other, there are a couple other things. There's some movie recommendations Uh now that you can get, and there's also. uh, uh, you can now download past purchased movies. You could always uh, go in and stream. TV shows or music that you'd purchased before. But now, if you purchased something previously on your computer and then deleted it, you can watch it directly from your Apple TV without having to go back to iTunes, re-download it, and so on. So if those features are appealing to you, then, you know, go ahead and update. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they aren't, you know, there's nothing forcing you to do this. And in fact, if you don't like the new interface, you're welcome to stay on this one. It's going to work just fine until... At some point down the road, Apple makes changes that don't work with it. But uh, but I've had no problem. I've updated two Apple TVs without a problem to the new software. I, I, Chris, have you had any trouble? No, I haven't had any problems. There There is a glitch in there, but it's an iTunes glitch. Right, and, right. And we can talk about that later. But yeah. uh, as for the Apple TV software, it's it's fine, really. And, uh, and as Dan says, there are certain advantages to it. Um, one of the advantages that comes with it that I think we'll also get into later is that this allows you to choose the version uh, or the resolution of the content that you're going to stream. So if you have a slower internet connection and you have the new Apple TV, you have the option to choose 1080p, which is huge, or 720p, which is not quite so huge but looks great, or standard definition. Even if you have the old Apple TV 2 you can still choose between 720p and standard definition. So for those people who are being throttled or just generally have a slow connection, I think this is a nice feature that they've added in. Oh, and there's also 13 more languages for the interface. So, you know, if you just can't use the Apple TV in any of the current languages, you might find the new one has your language. Let's turn our attention to the the, the hardware then, the new box. Um, Chris, have you had a chance to uh, to play around with it? I know you ordered one. I did. I have one here. It's um, not terribly different. I went to the demo, <laughs> and when I went, you know, they have they were showing a lot of iPads, and then sort of over on the side, they had the the new Apple TV, and and I have met the product manager a few times enough so that we know each other by name, and I could say, so does this look any different? No. Okay. Um, will I be able to tell the difference if I put one in my hand versus my Apple TV tube? No. Okay. So I've actually taken tape and I've written on my old Apple TV tube that it's the Apple TV tube because you cannot tell the difference. 
inside there is an A5 single core processor. So it's a faster processor, but you don't really see that in terms of performance in any way. Um, other than that, no, it's, it's kind of the same box. Uh, what it does really is it adds 1080p and that's the, the one only major difference in the thing. Otherwise you're looking at the, at the same black box. So let's talk then about uh, 1080p and what that brings to the table, uh, and and whether that will will make your media consumption uh, all the much more enjoyable. It depends a lot on your broadband mm-hmm. connection, mm-hmm. how fast it is. Mm-hmm. If you have a connection of eight uh, megabits or faster, then 1080p is great. And I know that when uh, Jason Snell reviewed this, he talked about the difference between 1080p and 720p and whether you can really tell the difference. And you can, um, depending on what you're watching. For example, I've just started watching Downton Abbey. And because I couldn't get my Apple TV to work over the network for other reasons, uh, I decided to stream it. And and since I've already purchased the series, and so I was streaming the um, 1080p version. At the beginning of it, there's Laura Linney doing her Masterpiece Theater thing. If you look at it in 720p, there's a red background, and as it fades, you can actually see the striation in the reds. When you look at the 1080p version, you don't see that. So they st- both 720p and 1080p look good, but when it really, really counts, the 1080p version does look better, but it's much larger. Uh, for example, I purchased uh, Tintin in uh, 1080p HD, and it took a long time to download. So I wasn't going to stream that. Rather, I downloaded it in iTunes in the middle of the day, and by the time I was ready to watch it, it was it was ready to go. I don't have an eight megabits download uh, or broadband. I have about four to five. So in order for me to stream that Downton Abbey episode, it took about five or six minutes before it was ready to stream. If I were doing that with a 720p video, it would take about a minute to maybe two minutes to start to stream. So if you're concerned about being able to push a button and watch a movie right now, 1080p may not be the perfect solution for you unless you've got just wicked fast broadband. Uh, and it also depends on your TV, of course, too, right? If you have an older HDTV that only does 720p, then you're not going to see a difference. And even if you have a 1080p TV that's just not, you know, state-of-the-art, great, awesome TV, or, you know, if you, if you, if you sit quite a far distance from your TV, I mean, there are so many factors. People have been having this, this 1080p versus 720p argument for years now, um, and, and it all applies here. There are a lot of factors that go into it. Like, Chris, I did download the 1080p version of Hugo, and in certain scenes, you could definitely notice. We've got a 40, I think, 47-inch uh, TV and you could definitely notice a difference in details and, and background and stuff like that. But uh, it's not a huge difference. Uh, um, speaking of the hardware, though, I, I, I uh, saw earlier today that I, our friends at iFixit tore apart their Apple TV uh, 3, and uh, they found that it actually has new networking hardware in terms of the wireless networking. Oh, that's right. It now does uh, has, a, has a new chip that does dual-band 802.11n, which should in um in some networks give you better performance which should help if you're streaming 1080p or performance at all which is I yeah, think some of the complaints right. people had right. if they were using the Apple TV wirelessly is that you know oftentimes your router is maybe in a different part of the house or in my case it's downstairs and and the TV is upstairs and so 
I just finally wired in a connection over Ethernet because I found that was reliable mm-hmm. and it was fast. If I were doing wireless, it could be a little hinky sometimes. So I think having that extra antenna in there and and the uh, new wire or networking chip could be helpful to some people. So if you've had trouble in the past and you're just dying to buy a new Apple TV, this may be one reason to do it. Okay, I, I, I wanted to jump in there um, because uh, when Chris was talking, you spoke to my my largest complaint with my Apple TV viewing experience, and that's the that's when I uh, download something from the Apple TV and the lag time that it takes for that program to be ready to play. Um, I I am also watching Downton Abbey, and and that takes a few minutes. Uh, Not a big deal for me. I can can go into the other room and make myself a drink and pop some popcorn and come back and and be ready to see what happens to that that poor put-upon Bates. But uh, if it's a movie, if I want to, say, rent a movie from the iTunes store like Drive, not a very good movie. Don't rent it. But (laughs) I'll go to rent it, and it'll say, your movie will be ready to play in sometime later in 2012. Usually, if I want to rent something via the Apple TV, I I have to think about doing it a day ahead of time because uh, uh, that's how long it'll take to be ready to play in a a fashion where I can complete it within the 24-hour window. So um, what can I do for for it to stop happening? Can I speed it up in any way? First of all, it's, it's not always telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So it will sometimes tell you, you will be able to watch this movie in seven hours. And then you curse and you, and you don't stop it and you, just, and you go and have a, a relaxing and, and calming beverage. Mm-hmm. And you come back and it's completely updated itself at where it's ready to play or you know, it'll say, oh, actually four minutes. And, uh, and so part of that is just, is just getting that uh, – giving it a chance to – because what it's doing is estimating what it got at this one moment and, and trying to average it out. And right. then suddenly the network speeds up. And you go, oh, oh, well, actually, no, I was just kidding. Um, do you have a wireless uh, I do. I do it? have a wireless connection between the uh, Apple TV and my router. And my service provider um, rhymes with Comcast. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you using Comcast cable modem uh, as your router or do you have an, I ha- an airport? I have an airport. Okay, and is it 802.11n or just G? I believe it is uh, 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 N. Okay, because that's one thing that I've noticed. I've had several friends who've said, my wireless performance on the Apple TV is horrible, and it turns out they've got like you know a three-year-old app, uh, AirPort Extreme that only does 802.11g, and if you're trying to do HD, it's not going to cut mm-hmm. it. Well, I'm, I'm sure the listeners are fascinated by my, right. my, my troubleshooting <laughs> problems. Um I have one other, and I think it's a common one, a common enough one to where I, I do want to bring it up, and and that's with the the, the remote that uh, ships with the Apple TV, where I'll be uh, using it, and um, suddenly I'll have launched front row on my wife's MacBook Pro. <laughs> Please tell me, Chris Breen, that there's some way to 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 to, to tell my remote what what device I'm trying to control. Yeah, well, there is, mm-hmm. uh, except it's it depends on what. You know the the devices you want to control it with. Sometimes you want to control it with your you want to control your Mac. Although I think maybe I've only seen that when people are doing presentations. And other, and most of the time you want to use your Apple TV. So the trick is you actually have to go to your Mac and configure it there. There's no way to tell this little remote, please 
don't talk to my MacBook. Please don't. I mean, I've had you know computers in other rooms go off, and I don't know how because it's supposed to be line of sight, yet that still happens. So the trick is that you want to go into your security system preference and go into the general tab. And online, it's called security and privacy. And there's an option there that says disable remote control of infrared receiver. Just tick off that little box. And now your Mac will be completely dumb to any remote control that attempts to control it. The other option is that you can actually pair a remote with it. And once you do that, then your Apple TV will ignore it because it's paired only with that device. And so it, the Apple TV will say, no, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know what you are. The opposite can be the case where you've got a couple of remotes. So because you want to control your MacBook with one and you want to control your Apple TV with another – is you have them both in the same room. You pick the wrong one up, and suddenly you're controlling your Apple TV, and you don't want to. You want that one to go over here. How come it's not working? Uh, that's just as confusing, because on the Apple TV, if you unpair a remote, it doesn't mean that that remote won't control it anymore. It will continue to control it. What happens is when you pair a remote with the Apple TV, it gives it exclusive access to only that remote. But when you unpair it, any remote can control it. So if you happen to have a Harmony remote, for example, and an Apple TV remote and another Apple remote, all of them will be able to control it at the same time, uh, which can be confounding. So Yes, I, I think I need that calming beverage we were talking about earlier. <laughs> exactly. So pair one and you, you should be fine because that's just saying pair – you know only talk to me. Don't talk to anybody else. Unpair and then they all work. Would I be better off just downloading the, um, the iOS remote app onto my phone and making that my Apple TV remote? For most yes. things, yes. Okay. Yes, especially if you ever have to type in a password or a name or an email address. Yeah, that's true. So, I, again, we, we, could, we could talk all day troubleshooting. And in fact, um, Chris posted a lovely troubleshooting guide on Macworld.com earlier this week, which we'd encourage you to, to read if you have questions about your Apple TV. But let's get back to the, the, the device itself and sort of the, the future of the device. A- Apple keeps calling it a hobby. Um, they sold 1.4 million of them in the last uh, in the last quarter, which that's a that's a lot more productive than any of my hobbies. Um, where where are we going with this device? What do the um, what do the changes that Apple's just introduced uh, signal for the future of of Apple TV? I think you have to look at what the uh, what the device isn't, and I think that's where a lot of people have have gotten confused because they and part of it I think is the name. When you say Apple TV, people expect it to be a DVR and to play Blu-rays and to have an enormous hard drive in there so you can save the content for your DVR. And that's not what it is. It's a portal, really. It's just a go-between device so that the content that you have on your iOS devices or on your Mac or that are out there on the Internet can get to your TV. And that's that's all it is. And I know for a lot of people that's disappointing because they want it to be everything. But we already have everything in another case. So we have Blu-ray players, so you don't need this one box to do it. We have internet streaming boxes. If you want a Roku, you can get a Roku and have more worthless internet content. Um, If you want a DVR, you probably can get one through your cable or your satellite provider, or you can get a TiVo and, and do it that way. Or if you really want to go all out, get a Mac Mini and connect it to your 
AV system. I've done it. It can be very powerful, but it's confusing. So it's not the kind of thing you want to set up for a family. But instead, if you want something very simple, you have a lot of content in your iTunes library and you have kind of mainstream desires like Netflix, MLB, NBA, the Apple TV can provide it. I'd love to see there be more channels there for things like HBO and Showtime. But the future, I think with Apple is in particularly with because of airplay is that they're not looking at this as a device that will have its own app store but rather it's simply if you want apps for it you put them on your iOS device so you put it on your iPad or you put it on your iPhone and from there you take whatever that content is and you stream it through the portal that is the Apple TV to your television i don't know that that was steve jobs answer when he said i think we've cracked tv but that's the approach that apple's taking now and you're referring, of course, to uh, the comments he made to Walter Moss- Mossberg right before his – not Walter Mossberg, Walter Isaacson. I've confused my Walters uh, right before his uh, his passing. That was to Walter Disney. Yes. And uh, – yes. And- <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, uh, D- Dan, any thoughts on where the uh, on where the Apple TV is headed? I think Chris has got it right. I- I- I've been hoping for a long time for apps on the Apple TV, but the fact that they put in that uh, – a five, a single core A5 chip rather than a dual core chip like in the iPad and the iPhone, uh, at least for this model, leads me to believe that, yeah, it's probably not coming this right about now. Uh, I think there's lots of room there for it. And like Chris, I'd like to see some other content. I'd love to see Hulu Plus on there. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I'd love to see, love to see HBO. Uh, and I think they could add those through a software update. But the whole app route, as in I'm going to buy this app and download it onto my Apple TV, doesn't seem to be coming down the road anytime soon. Well, I, I don't know if you've had a chance to do something like Play Real Racing to streaming via AirPlay, but mm-hmm. I, I find that very effective. I find that yeah. uh, uh, in many ways uh, a, a perfectly acceptable solution. Well, I think what's interesting about this is it may all just come down to license licensing issues. Which is if Apple were to create an app store for the Apple TV, they would have to go back to various providers that they're already working with. So they go back to um, you know HBO, which has HBO Go. Uh, they'd have to go back to Hulu and these various other companies and say, okay, well, we need to cut a, another deal for for this Apple TV app store. At which point these companies rub their hands together and say, oh, 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 oh great. Well, we're going to cut a completely different deal that's – to our advantage now. Um, and, it, and Apple's completely skirted that because all they've done is they put AirPlay in there. They've made it possible for the apps that are already currently licensed under a particular agreement to just simply stream from this device to their Apple TV. Done. It's very clean. You don't have any more negotiations with anybody. It just simply happens. Well, except that, that the, the, the uh, developers can then go in there and, and on their end say, but we don't want to do AirPlay, which I think in some ways is brilliant for Apple because then Apple can say, hey, we made it work. They turned it off. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm. Or, or it doesn't work to, out of the box, which is HBO Go. It will not work unless you jailbreak your device, uh, which is too bad. But for me, that's the reason to jailbreak is now I can get HBO Go that will stream through to my, um, through my Apple TV. Um, let's pull back from the big picture for a moment and look at the, the here and now. 
this new Apple TV, um, is it something that you want to upgrade if to if you've already got an Apple TV device? Is it something that will finally push people who've been considering the Apple TV to 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 uh, to take the plunge there? Who who is this this um, this new product for? Well, given that the Apple TV five software will work on last year's Apple TV, uh, that doesn't strike me as the reason for people to upgrade. Uh, I will say that in a lot of you know AV forums and a lot of stores, uh, you know, salespeople, uh, 1080p is a checkbox, right? It's the kind of thing where even if someone may or may not ever be able to tell the difference between 720p and 820p, the fact that it they've got an 820 or excuse me 1080p 57-inch uh, TV that they paid, you know, four grand for, and then they can't get an Apple TV that did 1080p, uh, Apple's now basically said, okay, fine, fine, here's your 1080p. And I think for a lot of people, that's really the biggest appeal of this one. Yeah, I agree. I think in a lot of ways, this is a reminder to people that the thing existed. Um, And also, I think it was also a a broader 1080p message from Apple, which is, look, we have this iPad 3, or no, the new iPad. Third-generation iPad. That's it, third-generation iPad, and it does 1080p. And so it would be silly not to have an Apple TV that also didn't do 1080p so that you would be able to to stream 1080p from one device to the other. So you can. And as Dan says, it's they can say, fine, we've got it. Of course, video files will still gripe about it because they'll say, yes, but they're, they're compressing it but so But it's much compressed. Like, yeah, right. It's compressed. Like, oh, you want raw. Really? You want raw 1080p? <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, look, if you're willing to wait seven years for your content to download, we'd be happy to send that to you. So, uh, I mean, it's possible that in an update, they'll do something that takes advantage of of the A5 processor and say, you know, we'd love to do this on the Apple TV too, but we just can't. So the black box uh, Apple TV... that's been around for a little bit. That it, it doesn't really make sense to upgrade from that. How about the 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 older models with the um the that sort of looked like a uh, a, a Mac Mini? Oh heavens, well, yes. So, well, <laughs> well, actually, before Phil, before you get into okay. that question, two other reasons. Chris touched on one that you might want to upgrade, and one is the 1080p streaming from an iPad. The other is AirPlay and and uh, OS 10 Mountain Lion, which is coming. So. The fact that later this year, when Mountain Lion comes out, you're going to be able to stream your Mac's uh, display onto your Apple TV. If that's something you might want to do, and you've got a Mac with a resolution higher than 720p, you, you'll benefit from the hardware aspect of this. But um, that's just, you know, it's not going to be a huge number of people, but they're out there. So okay. to, to your question, I'll agree with Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, one th- the the first initial benefit you realize from jumping from the original Apple TV to this one is that your power bill will go down significantly. Um, <laughs> you will have to heat your house more, so maybe that's that balances out because that Apple TV one, as much as I liked the thing, because I had a lot of content in my iTunes library, boy, it got hot. It got mm-hmm. so hot. How hot was it? It was even hotter. even when it was even it was asleep, it would still be hot. Wow. Yeah. It was just a remarkable device. You could warm soup on it. You could cook soup on it. Um, and the hard drive was nice. It was sort of, sort of a nice idea. But, you know, the syncing was was weird and, and slow. And I had a, a lot of problems with it um, where it would be fine for, for weeks on end. And then suddenly it would just get glitchy and you have to unplug the thing and try to make it work again by plugging it back in. And you'd restore the software. And so 
as much as I miss having a hard drive in the thing, because it is nice to be able to store content directly on the thing for, for playback later, rather than having to have iTunes open and streaming. Um, really the, the little black box just seems to perform much better. It's so elegant. It's cheap at $99. It's far less expensive than the old, uh, Apple TV was. So if you've been struggling with that original Apple TV, I think, yes, you, you should upgrade. Final oh, and the performance of the new one, just in terms of menus. I mean, I, I used to just want to throw the old Apple TV, you know, out the window because it would take so long just to navigate the menus. And the new one is much faster, and it lets you use the the remote app for even you know better navigation. So it's just there are very few negatives to upgrading. Uh, fi- final buy and advice question then: uh, if if someone hasn't uh, considered an Apple TV up until this point, is there something in this new release that will push them over the edge? In terms of the, I mean, it's all about content, right? And in terms of content, this one, yes, it does 1080p, but there are no new channels or content sources than there were with the last one. So I think if, if you were dead set against an Apple TV three weeks ago, you're not going to run out and buy one now. Um, it's still pretty much the same trade-offs of an Apple TV versus, say, a Roku box, just that you get a little better hardware now and the new interface, which you could have had, which also works on last year's as well. So I don't know that it's changed the the buying decision process for that many people, but you know, as Chris said earlier, it's a reminder, it's out there, uh, and it's it's yet another accessory for all your other Apple devices. I, I think one thing about this. As, as similar to the Apple TV too, is that a lot of people just don't get Apple TV. Mm-hmm. They hear, they look at the specs, they see what it does, and they think, "Why do I? Why do I want that?" I mean, and, and in a way, it's sort of the the same decision people make about an iPad. It's like I don't quite understand why I want this, but it's priced at the point where for ninety nine bucks, you can give it a shot and see what you think. I have seen people do that where they weren't sure why they wanted this thing, and then they plugged it in and used it for a while, and they thought, oh, okay, I get it. This this really does make consuming content on my television easier. I think when Mountain Lion comes out, it's a no-brainer. I think at that point, you really, really want to have that on there because unlike some of the uh, issues you have with apps – from what we've heard, there will be no restrictions on what you can stream from your computer to your Apple TV. So that then opens up HBO Go, and it opens up Hulu, and it opens up any content that you like. You don't have to depend on the Apple TV's channels then. At that point, anything that will appear on your computer screen can be streamed to the Apple TV, which I think is is incredibly powerful. Right. Well, if you stop to think about some of the thing, ways people got their max content onto a TV before sometimes they use like a DVI connection and HDMI converter and you had to worry about resolutions and this and that. Sometimes they use, you know, $150 converter boxes to get their computer on their TV. And with mountain lion, they're basically going to be able to go out and buy a $99 box. That's about the size of a deck of playing cards that does all that and a lot more. And it, so it's, you know, it's really becoming an accessory that if you've got an iPad or an iPhone or a Mac, Throw another $99 into the purchase, and you get a lot more out of it. Chris Breen, Dan Frakes, thank you very much for your insights about the Apple TV today. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, listeners, for absorbing those insights, and uh, we will talk to you next time on the Macworld Podcast. Take care. Take care.